2: So Cara, it's only appropriate that when you had a generationally famous TV star on your podcast, that you need to respect the concept of syndication. And we had Henry and Zoe Winkler on our podcast very early on, season one, and we have never rerun that episode. Unlike episodes of Happy Days... We have never rerun any episode, Vanessa. We have never rerun any episode. And the minute we decided that for the holidays, we were going to run one of our favorites again.
3: I I thought you were going to say
2: for the holidays,
3: we were going to give ourselves the gift of actually sharing great content a second time with people (laughs) who might not have heard it, but go go on. Well,
2: because what I did find out is that people who have listened to the Puberty podcast religiously had actually never heard this episode with Henry and Zoe Winkler. And it really is my favorite episode. It is so beautiful. And it's about grandparenting kids through puberty. And the holidays are the perfect time to think about the role of grandparents in kids' lives through this very tumultuous journey, the beautiful positive role grandparents can play in kids' lives.
3: so. We are rerunning this episode, but we are doing it with a twist, which is that before you listen, we want to share a little bit of information about the charity that Zoe Winkler is a co-founder of. She co-founded an organization called This Is About Humanity that is, and I'm going to read directly from their site so that I can honor the words they've chosen It's a community dedicated to raising awareness about separated and reunified families and children at the border. Uh, Zoe talks about this is about humanity and her work in the episode. She is now two and a half years further into that work. And so I think you'll hear about the frequency with which she goes to the border and that has only increased in the past two and a half years. And given that it's the holiday season and people are always looking for ways to bring love and joy, we encourage people to look into this is about humanity and to think about becoming part of their mission. You may want to donate, you may want to volunteer, but you can go to thisisabouthumanity.com and check out everything that they are doing across their website and across the border with no further ado here is not that we're supposed to have favorites we're not supposed to have favorites but one of our favorite episodes ever hi i'm Karen natterson and i'm vanessa kroll bennett each week we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty that roller coaster of physical
2: and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescence, ours and theirs. Henry Winkler. Hello. <laughs> I can't believe you made me laugh after two words. Has enjoyed more than four decades of success in Hollywood as an actor, producer, and director,
1: I was just wondering where my walker was. <laughs> Did I leave it outside?
2: You don't need a walker. Four decades. Four decades. You my don't.
1: career started nineteen seventy. Before 30th. I was
2: born.
3: Wow. Mm-hmm. I, I was already born.
1: And you are lovely.
2: <laughs> so before I was born, yes, you were already tearing up. The tv screen what of america what year were you born 1976 <gasps> she's so young oh my a i'm a bicentennial baby you are mm-hmm. and it shows and it shows it does it shows i'm deeply patriotic and a child of the women's movement both of go. those things wow. can be
1: true well i brought zoe on stage at the era big um meeting and i she was barely born and I said, so my hope for this world is that this young girl, if she chooses to be, can be the president.
0: Oh,
3: that's that's
1: so beautiful. At, uh, i never um, heard
0: that story.
3: And she
1: is. She is uh, the president of her world for sure. <laughs> 100%. And mine. hundred percent. All of our worlds. Yeah. All of our worlds.
2: See, that's why you come on the Puberty Podcast. So you're Parents can tell you stories about yourself that you never. Knew. Wait a minute!
1: This is called the puberty podcast.
2: <laughs> Are you in the wrong
1: room? Henry? No, I just don't remember.
2: <laughs> Listen, it's four decades of success in yeah. Hollywood. But That'll puberty take. was four Ten and years a half decades, ago? thirty ago. years before that. Thirty years before that. <laughs> yeah, I'm tempted to dive into questions, but I'm gonna I'm gonna stay focused. Keep going. Cara's gonna tell me to stay focused. Keep going. Stay focused. We know and love him. As the Fonz.
1: Hey. Oh,
2: my God. You did it without uh, me even asking. So, so uncomfortable. uncomfortable.
1: I'm loving the oh, way you're doing this.
2: Oh, I love that. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. It's all right. I I'm can't. Just, I can't. Why, Zoe? I don't know. It gives me the chills. <laughs> it's so I can't.
1: And she was two years old. She stood in the, um, in the bleachers where the audience watched the show. Uh, her mom, uh, her mom uh, my wife, Stacy, would bring her. For the afternoon rehearsal in front of a live audience. She threw the candy. Oh, come on. Kept most of it. It's like a
2: bat mitzvah.
1: (laughs) It was. I, honest to God, threw the candy to the crowd, but stood there at the railing and watched the show being shot.
0: How old? I was born in
1: 1980.
2: Okay. So you're the baby of the group here today. Yes, Yes, she is. We'll learn from you as we do from all of all younger people. All right, Henry, I'm going to keep going because okay. I want to talk about two more things. Okay. Barry, yes. HBO's dark comedy, yes, which won you an Emmy Award. Yes. And you just finished taping the third season? Yes. Okay. The overlap between Barry and the Puberty Podcast is a very specific group of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very specific. But what's more general are the 37 children's books you yes. have written. With your co-author. Can I just say? Yes, you can.
1: Stocking stuffers.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You can. Thank you. They go really well with
1: puberty books. They're funny.
2: (laughs) Yes. They're funny. I love giving my kids books for Hanukkah. (gasps) How old? 11, 13, 16, and 18.
1: Okay. I'm shocked that you have an 18-year-old child, but the 11-year-old, if... Afterwards, I can mail the eleven-year-old a signed copy.
2: Really, that sure. would be beautiful. Thank you. He's uh, my Alien biggest superstar. reader. Alien yeah. superstar. Alien superstar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I want to mention Alien Superstar, the trilogy. Yes. Hank Zipser, the yes. world's greatest underachiever. That was which me? That was you, mm-hmm. because
1: I'm a dyslexic and in the bottom three percent academically in America.
2: So. If you take nothing else away from today's episode, it is...
1: I had the most wonderful time so far on this side of the table with you two um, incredible ladies.
2: So to our listeners, someone who (laughs) defines himself as an underachiever and the bottom three percentile of academics in this country, you can be greatly successful 40 years in Yes, you can. Right.
1: Yes, because how you learn has nothing to do with how brilliant you are. That is absolutely
2: correct. So we could theoretically end the podcast here, but we're not going to because Zoe. Yes. <laughs> so sitting next to Henry is Zoe. On
1: my left.
2: On your left,
3: my right. Patience left, across. As we like to say. <laughs> across
1: from
2: me.
3: <laughs> and I met Zoe when my oldest, who is now 18 was in preschool and I met her as teacher Zoe and it was a a love affair. Between My kids loved Zoe. I loved Zoe. What's not to love about Zoe? And then I've, over the past, what is it, 15 years, I've gotten to know Zoe and you're wonderful, Henry. Don't get me wrong. You are wonderful. But the young woman sitting next to you
1: is a powerhouse.
3: This woman. (laughs) Yeah. It does good for the world Yes, like almost no one I know. Yes. And um, I just want everyone who's listening to look up This Is About Humanity.
1: That's the name of the, the charity, This Is About Humanity.
3: This Is yeah. About Humanity. Dot mm-hmm. um, Is it org? This Is About Humanity? She's, she's getting emotional. Zoe, <laughs> so she never gets emotional. We're going to put in the show notes a link because what Zoe does— is she raises awareness about and resources for people seeking asylum in this country. I spent time this past weekend with Zoe and the dozens and dozens and dozens of volunteers who came down because they love Zoe Mm -hmm. doing a holiday event for these families that are brand new to this country and have nothing. And when I tell you, They went home with cars packed, not just with supplies, not just with things that make life livable, but with things that also make life enjoyable. Yes. Zoe, you are unlike, truly, you are unlike (laughs) anyone that I have met as an adult because you are a doer. You are a believer and a doer, and that must come from somewhere, right? So I think the modeling was really, really great. But you you are a fabulous force and a mother of three boys. Yes. And they range in age. The youngest is three and then four. Oh, four. Sorry. Four, six,
0: and nine. And nine. Almost, Almost ten. Ten in like Almost three double
3: weeks. Double digits. Almost double digits. So welcome. Thank
0: you. Also, by Thank the way, Kara's mother-in-law was my therapist for a long time. <laughs> it's true. She's and the best
3: therapist. Kara
0: is my number one go-to. I am obsessed with her. And I said to her a couple of years ago, one day we're going to be friends. <laughs> she was like, okay, go away now.
2: But I'm obsessed with her. Wow, yeah, I only do a mutual. podcast with her so I can call her Yeah, whenever I want to. It. It's, it's totally worth
3: it. Worth it. <laughs> the I don't actually care right about now, puberty.
2: Yeah. I just want to be able to call Cara whenever I want to. <laughs> so we're going to dive in. Go. Okay. Okay. So Zoe, you have three sons. Mm-hmm. You are one of three children. Mm -hmm. You are the middle child. You have two brothers. Yes. Okay. Henry, you are a grandparent of how many? Of six.
1: The newest is um, two months old.
2: Three
0: girls, three boys.
1: Yeah. Frankie is uh, the newest. And uh, India, Ace, Lulu, Jules, Gus, (laughs) and Frankie.
3: And is Ace the oldest of the group? India's the oldest. India's the oldest. Yes. i put them in order. And India's how old? 12. Beautiful. So India's 12. A dancer. And Ace is nine on the cusp of 10. Mm-hmm. So they are right in that tween sweet spot. Yes. Right? Okay. Now, Vanessa, go. Okay.
2: The first question is for you, Henry. Okay. Have you ever broken one of Zoe's rules with her kids?
0: To be fair, I have a lot of rules.
1: (laughs) I would have to say that before I do, Mm -hmm. I call Zoe wherever she is. Wow. And ask her, is it all right? And then take Ace to McDonald's.
2: Yeah, that was the one. (laughs) So
0: that, that was the first one to come to mind. I believe that weekend we were in Santa Barbara. They went to McDonald's three times. Well, I had to take jewels. (laughs) (laughs) And my mother got a quarter pounder, and I don't even know what you got. I was like, this is outrageous. But they
2: loved every minute of it. And what does that conversation sound like?
1: Ace asked me if we could go to McDonald's. I'm asking you, what do you think?
2: Okay. And he asked you because?
1: I asked because?
2: No, Ace asked you because had you taken him to McDonald's? Never, before? no.
1: I, 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 I actually, uh, Zoe is. Um, I think in structure comes freedom, and Zoe is very clear about the boys. And you see, Rob and uh, Zoe's husband and Zoe are extraordinary parents. I think, and they are they are great listeners, which I believe is the beginning and the end of a powerful child, and so I'd like to stay within uh, Zoe's vision for her own children.
3: When you called to ask Zoe, yes. were you already on your way to McDonald's? I was
1: not. <laughs> Honestly, we were on the way, In the, in, we were outside the car, but we had not gotten in yet.
3: Do you think he asked because he knew that his grandfather would take him because that was something that his parents didn't always allow, or that yes. you're a softie. Yes. Or that
0: my pa- my all kids, of it. when we go out of town, my parents stay with them. I mean, they my parents actually now come to my house and stay at my house, which is so amazing it's because much it's very for hard you. to move everything. And my parents love their house. So for them to come to my house is a is a big deal. And my kids are like, all right, bye. We'll be having cake for breakfast. Um, I was going
2: to ask you, do you do cake for breakfast? My dad does
1: cake for breakfast. My
0: parents come with a cake for each child every time I go away. Uh, there's a Susie cake with each child's name on it. Three well, cakes.
1: Parents don't come with a cake for each child. My <laughs> wife comes with yeah, a cake for each child. <laughs> one is lemon, one is chocolate, and one, is, I think, is um, red velvet.
0: Yeah. yeah. Jules hates chocolate. Yeah. What? So he only likes lemon. Gotta have Is lemon. his name Jules? Yeah. That's my
2: dad's name. <gasps> that was my husband's grandfather's name. And we're sort of like, what's a little kid named Jules? Like it's kind of special and smart and kind of unique.
1: So the name Jules to me is a sparkly name. And this kid is a sparkler.
2: Aww. He is
1: strong. He is self-sufficient. He is, I believe if he continues on the track that he's on he's going to be an architect no joke huh. he is a a wonderful athlete and he is great at math oh i yeah. took geometry for 4 years my grandson wanted to play math games at his grandmother's birthday party
2: <laughs> wow yeah geometry Incredible. for 4 years geometry is very hard for certain kinds of learners
1: yeah and, and, and that was, uh, I passed it with a D-minus in uh, summer school of uh, 1967.
2: And what school was that? And that was
1: McBurney School for Boys in New York City. In Blue York Blazer, City. Gray Slacks.
2: What neighborhood?
1: Uh, uh, Westside. Uh, across the street from now Lincoln Center. Right. Okay. And uh, I took geometry for, and I finally passed it with a D-minus. And from that day- In August of 1967, until today, not one human being has ever said hypotenuse to me.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to work it into this conversation. (laughs) Thank you. Challenged myself. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, it's Cara. We all know puberty isn't always easy. One of the trickiest pieces of the puberty puzzle is boobs. When will I get them? why are they so tender? And why does every bra out there seem to pull, push, pad, itch, scratch, or be so flimsy it doesn't do a thing? That's where Umla comes in. It's a company that makes puberty comfortable, a company I founded with my friend Julie. When our own daughters began the puberty journey, we couldn't find a decent starter bra anywhere. So we made one, It fits perfectly whether boobs are just starting to bud or they've been growing for a few years. We call it the Umbra. And it's game-changing. The Umbra is made from buttery cotton that feels like second skin, ridiculously soft and so comfortable you'll forget you're wearing anything at all. Umbra's one-of-a-kind support comes from its patented layered design that creates gentle compression without any tight binding. Which also means it doesn't need any bulky, awkward pads because it's built to seamlessly hide nipples and protect against those dreaded ouch moments throughout the day. Our daughters and their friends are done with puberty, but they still love and wear their umbras. It's why we say that the umbra may be your first bra, but it will definitely be your favorite bra. Come say hi, look around and find your umbra plus lots of other puberty info at myumla.com. That's myoomla.com. That's M-Y-O-O-M-L-A dot com.
0: What's up, well-beings? I'm Kelly Noonan-Goris, and this is The Heal Podcast. Every Thursday, I interview the leading experts in health and healing, as well as real people with extraordinary healing stories. Whether you want to heal a physical diagnosis, a mental health issue, a past trauma, or heal our planet, the HEAL podcast is for you. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss that one episode that holds the answers you've been searching for. You can follow us on Instagram at @healdocumentary HEAL and at Kelly Gores, and catch episode clips on HEAL Documentary's YouTube channel. Don't forget to tune in every Thursday anywhere podcasts are found.
2: So your dad thinks you're a wonderful parent. I do. Which is kind of a fantastic compliment.
3: Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer
2: That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more Factor Meals in my refrigerator.
3: It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause.
2: We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to com slash puberty, dot com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at bioptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them.
3: Dry a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save
2: $5. Can you describe Zoe, your philosophy? for parenting, particularly as your kids get a little bit older, to ground us in the kind of the next set of questions?
0: So when I was growing up, I could always talk to my parents about anything. And there was one rule in our house, and that was if you told the truth, you didn't get in trouble. And so I really try to keep that in my house. The other biggest rule growing up for me was being kind. So those are sort of like the two main anchors is tell the truth and be kind. And um, I was punished a lot. I was grounded all the time. The phone was hidden somewhere because at that time there were no cell phones. You know, it was just like a huge house line that my dad would take out of the wall and hide somewhere, who knows where. But even if I was wrong. Or even if I, I was always allowed to plead my case and say, you know, why I didn't deserve the consequence. It was, they were called consequences. Mm -hmm. And I just liked being able to have that back and forth with my parents. And it was in a very sometimes respectful way, but sometimes it wasn't. And Never rude, but you know I was able to sort of say whatever I needed to say, and so there were a lot of letters written that my dad has kept. Oh, oh amazing. can we hear? About, I've Instagrammed it some of them. I mean, they're insane. Like it is Rosh Hashanah. How could you do this? You know, like I mean, just out. What did and, they do to you? Took away the phone or grounded me yeah, that's how you should. I would just year. write crazy. You hurt my feelings. I did not like, I remember one was written on Warner Brothers Station. I think it said like, I did not like when you use the word fuck because my dad used the word fuck. Oh, you're in great company, he got mad, Henry. But my dad really never got mad. So when he got mad, it was always like, I can count on how many, you know, on one hand, how many times he got really, really mad. He didn't yell. He was never a yeller. He was very calm. We would talk about everything. How did you know you could talk about Anything He would tell us. He would say that in his house growing up, he was never allowed to speak freely and openly and that that was the one thing that he really wanted in his family was for all of us to be able to. We had dinner every night together, which I do with my kids, um, except for the weekends. We had a very open dialogue. I could tell them anything. I remember when I lost my virginity, I walked straight into my mom's room and told her I was 17 like straight into her room and that sounded like what uh oh no she came into my room and I was in the shower and she was like what happened and I just told her that's
3: incredible yeah
0: and he was my boyfriend but then we would broken up we got back together and he didn't call me after that and because my parents, the phone was taken
3: out of the wall and hidden somewhere <laughs> in the house
0: and my dad took me to the Pantages Theater to see some Russian dance the Bolshoi. The
1: Musayev oh, yeah. ballet, folk ballet, <laughs> which I saw in the sixth grade. And I then used a bastardized version on Happy Days. I did the Kazatsky. Don't know that
0: you're allowed to say bastardized. Are you?
2: Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then I. Oh, wait, should, is that the one where you squat down? Yes. And yes. You kick your? Can you do that still now?
1: In my mind.
2: <laughs> he can. He can. <laughs> So you lose your virginity and the next thing you know, you're at a Russian ballet. With my father and your I'm father. so upset and he hasn't
0: called me and I tell my dad that he hasn't called me and I'm crying and my dad says to me, a leopard never changes its spots. <laughs> That's
3: good advice.
0: So did you get back together? No, we never spoke again and I don't even like know where he is now. I think he lives in like Tampa. But, he can,
3: but if he has children in puberty, he may be on the other end Hope of this so. podcast.
2: Hope so. <laughs> Wish him well. And did you have a separate conversation with your dad to tell him that you had lost your routine? Oh, yeah. Well, I think I just told him in the Pantages, like, I'm so upset. He hasn't called me. We had sex.
0: I'm sure my dad wanted to die at that moment, but I was so emotional that I am an emotional person, so I... You're in there good were lots company. of emotions <laughs> I was
3: gonna I was gonna ask you know I've I've known you for a bunch of years now but not you know three or formative years but you are I think most people who know you would describe you as a talker yeah and I'm wondering if you became a talker because talking was so encouraged in your house yeah and it was sort of a, this virtuous cycle or was she always strong at talking she was
1: always strong yes and a talker yeah <laughs> and, and At the dining room table, I'm telling you, I remember this like it was yesterday. We were um, in Toluca Lake. We were at the the table. And Zoe, before she had language, stood up and told a joke in gibberish and then laughed, (gasps) thought it was the funniest thing you ever heard. And she remains today when we're not uh, petrified of her. (laughs) Funny. (laughs)
2: <laughs> That's amazing.
1: And it truly happened. I mean, it was amazing. It was amazing to watch.
2: By I, the way, kudos to you for being home for dinner every night as a working well, actor.
1: I was really lucky. Happy Days were shot at Paramount. Uh, it was 20 minutes drive. We would rehearse from Monday to Friday. And so at least three or four days during the workday, the work week, I was able to be home. Uh, for dinner. And then of course I was there on the weekend. So I I was very lucky, you know, when something is not shot here in LA, it's a, a loss.
2: Yeah. Zoe, what of your parents, you talk about being able to talk about anything when you were growing up and wanting to do that in your own home. What does that look like in your house? How do you, how do you make that happen as a kind of a second generation talker?
0: There's just a lot. Sometimes I want to say to my kids, like, we're done. There's no <laughs> more discussion. God. Like, leave
3: I, me alone. I, I, I've actually heard you say that yeah. when you've been on the other end of the phone. So I literally you do sometimes. sometimes
0: will just hide in my closet and then they'll just find me because they just follow me everywhere. I feel like, you know. Because <laughs> they want to keep talking. Uh-huh.
1: Mm-hmm. Or can I, can I jump in for a minute and just say at the dining room table, every dinner, each child says what their rose of the day Mm. was and their thorn of the day. So they're constantly thinking of what made them happy Mm -hmm. and what made them unhappy, and everybody gets their turn. Then I'm telling you, and this is the truth, and not because um, Zoe is my daughter and I'm grateful. If I was a young parent and I saw Zoe parenting, I would copy... The way Zoe is with her children, and I would have adopted things that I didn't do.
3: Okay, so that (laughs) is so beautiful, and it ruins my. It ruins (laughs) my next. It ruins my next question because my next question was sort of, what parenting thing does Zoe do that maybe, you know, you go, ooh, why does she do that? But it sounds like a
1: simple thing. First of all. It is true that there is an open dialogue and also with Rob, her husband. We, when, when she was growing up, we gave her and Max and Jed the ability to help decide what the consequence would be, what seemed fair for what just happened.
2: A.K.A. the punishment. The yeah, did it fit the crime? That was very. By <laughs> the way, that was very evolved of you to use the word consequence in the 1970s and 80s. But,
0: Excuse me, not 70s. It was 80s. 80s and 90s.
2: Sorry, <laughs> Thank <you> so much. <laughs>
0: sorry.
3: Don't, sorry. Don't I'm aging, it. Zoe.
2: It was very evolved of you in the 80s and don't 90s. Don't hate on growing up
3: in the 70s. Yeah, <laughs>
2: consequence. Do you remember where you got the yes. decision to use the term consequence? No. Okay, my parents though. But by the way, my parents were strict. Like.
1: I was called Mr. Stricty.
0: Stricter than I am <laughs> as a parent. There were no playdates after school. <laughs> yeah, he was.
2: No playdates after school. that one, Zoe? Me. When he or pulled your phone out of the wall. Mom. When
1: I went on a job and it was outside of L.A., they went, Mr. Stricty is going.
2: Party time. Yeah. And yet now Mr. Stricty is taking his grandsons to McDonald's.
0: You know, I was going to bring up this example. I think that same trip. Jules and my dad got in a little scuffle. They no, got that was a, the
1: one before. Oh, that was the one before. They got oh, in a fight. God.
0: And my I felt dad. Terrible. My dad really felt so badly that they got into like this little argument. It was over like a magic show, I think. Or yes, he touched the computer or something, and my dad was I like, "I said,
1: don't touch the computer. I finally got it to work. We were watching. It was during the pandemic. Mm. We were watching this incredible magician." Online from the Geffen Theater in Westwood. And I finally got it to, to work and he was moving his finger and I yelled at him. I yelled at him and I said, don't touch the computer. He ran into his room, hid under his covers and I was not allowed in the room to talk it out.
2: Wow. Okay. I was devastated. So but what happened next?
1: The, well, but you
2: got to watch the rest of oh, the magic Oh, I did. Show. I love magic. <laughs> All right, so this is a, it this was is a important. cool down time no 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 this is important this is important okay so you lose your cool yes with your grandson yes. who at the time was where was I, I was at Kim's right Is that yeah. where I was yeah and so that how was old, last year and how old was Jules? So at he was time. five. He was five. And I
0: was gone for six days, which is the longest I've ever left my kids in okay. my entire So you're like life. Gonzo.
2: You're in charge. Oh, you lose your cool. I do. He shuts Everybody down. Everybody
1: is angry at Papa. Ace, the older brother, said, oh, you've hurt his feelings. I went, I know. Oh. My wife was, oh. you hurt his feelings. <laughs> I went, I know. Persona non grata. I went in. Yeah. To the room to calm him down. What'd you say? I said, Jules, can we talk about this? Out. (laughs) Jules, I really want to apologize. Out. Jules, no. J, no. And I had to leave the room. And then he finally came back because he too wanted to see the magic. And he was a little still miffed. But uh, finally, we calmed down and we had a good time.
2: And did you eventually
0: apologize? Of course. Uh, So I got home. And they told me about it also. This was like three days before I got home. And they talked about it, but like, I don't know what happened, but I I talked to my dad about it when I got home. And the next thing I know, my dad is at our door to talk to Jules again and just like make it. And I just was like, that is so.
3: So you model multiple conversations.
1: I do. Right? I, and I, repairing it. I yeah. believe mm-hmm. it is really important because- I am frustrated if there is no closure. And sometimes it's because I don't understand what's happening and I need multiple. Sometimes I'm not satisfied with the outcome of the first, second, or third one. But yes, multiple is is important.
3: We are big into multiple conversations on this podcast because so many of the topics that kids and their parents and their grandparents and the adults in their lives who are raising them and part of their world
0: right?
3: that so many times there's there's so much breadth to cover on any one topic yes. and it's like a new food how, how can you like every new food the first time you try it you right. have to try it again and again and again and then right. maybe after 10 times you go okay hard pass and right. that's okay right. but if you're talking about subjects like sex and drugs and body image and self-esteem and mm-hmm. all these big things that come up over the tween and teen years, it's not a one and done. No. And in your life, it sounds like it's never been a one and done.
1: No, and I didn't have all the answers. I don't know myself. Mm. I had to go, my entire life is built on listening to my stomach. I always say to um, anybody who will listen, actually, <laughs> that um, your, your instinct knows much more than your head and if you listen to your instinct, the answer will eventually Although rise. Although that
3: is learned, I heard this incredible speaker maybe ten or fifteen years ago, who was a district attorney who worked prosecuting the bad guys. Mm-hmm. And the most formative thing that she said in that talk stuck with me forever: is we all have an instinct inside us. Mm-hmm. But we have to learn to honor it and listen to it. Mm -hmm. And for people who are raising kids, Mm -hmm. teach them to put an internal voice to their instinct so that they can then put an external voice, which is what... You know, sounds like what you've done. I know it's what you do, Zoe. Yes. You know, you are very. It's hard for me
0: though sometimes to trust my instinct because along with all the other stuff is like this anxiety piece, especially now raising kids. It's such a different time. Do you want to talk about that a little? Sure. I suffer from major anxiety, where I think like a normal person would probably need to be hospitalized, and for me, it's like Tuesday, <laughs> and I, I just, I um and and it's health related kid related um me and my kids my husband something happening to us and i remember it it was hard for me to trust my instincts at the first moment that i was a parent because my instincts were just sort of like protect at all costs mm. whenever this child cries you just feed that child you pick up that child whenever it makes one sound like you know i think ace would like open his eyes and I would be like at the crib, like, Hey, and it I'm did here. him a disservice, you know? And so I had to sort of check in and talk to people like Cara and experts and say, like, how do I s- turn this around? Mm-hmm. You know, and now when you're raising kids in this time, it is so complicated.
2: Do you feel Zoe, as your oldest approaches between years and puberty are there particular things that you are feeling worried about that are kind of beginning to pop up for you?
0: Yes. I mean, I'm worried about the social media part is very triggering because I am worried about, I have a very hard time when my kids are upset or hurt or left out. Mm -hmm. It is like, I will go and find that kid, you know, and you can't do that. And you can't, can't solve everything for your child. and I think that's the biggest lesson I'm learning as a mom is letting them sort of figure it out on their own and not you know, like Ace didn't make the baseball team he wanted to recently. and he found out, and he was crying, and of course, Rob was at like a Grateful Dead show in Chicago. <laughs> And I was like, okay. And so I was by myself, which I'm not a sports person, so I couldn't. And he was like, call the commissioner. That's what he kept telling me. Ace kept telling me. And I realized in that moment, there was absolutely no way I was calling the commissioner. And when I went to my parents' house to tell them the story, because I was so distraught, my mom was like, Henry, call the commissioner. (laughs) And my dad was like, we can't call the commissioner. And I realized that like, in their best efforts to help me in every way because I was dyslexic. I was highly emotional, anxious. They really were just there to pick me up every Mm -hmm. time anything happened. And so I think not even with the best, most amazing intentions, but not realizing that I think I felt like I couldn't do it myself, which was weird because I've always felt really strong and capable. So it's been like this weird sort of
1: I'm just going to jump in here. You are very strong and very capable. (laughs) I mean, I'm very strong from a very young age. um, We would have a party and we would have people helping us with the party and they would give Zoe a wide
0: berth. (laughs) I don't, everyone says that they're scared of me. I don't, I can't for the life of me. Not everyone, just my
2: mother and my father.
0: (laughs) There may be My other husband. people around the
2: table who have been told <laughs> that people are scared of them. You're an excellent company here today. Thank you. Emotional, strong-willed, yeah. opinionated.
0: And also like jelly on the inside. So I'm so like, what are you scared of? Like, I don't even,
2: but. So here's what I would say about social media. Can I ask a question? <laughs> yes.
1: Well, you just said uh, opinionated. Yes. Does listening go along with being opinionated? It is great that you have a one has a strong opinion, but do you hear the other opinion, or is strong opinionated mean you don't hear the outside world?
2: This feels like a leading question, Henry. But I'm I'm going to take it on. I I think it's
1: a great question.
2: You're welcome. All right, you guys just hang out on the other side of the table. (laughs) Here's what I will say, Henry. Yeah. Listening comes naturally to some people. Right. And it's a learned skill for other people. Okay,
1: let me just say this. Listening then, if that is true and it's learned, I would say get yourself a textbook because it's the beginning and the end. A hundred percent. I swear one of the credos of my children-involved life, if you listen to your child, that is a powerful child. That will, person will grow.
3: Okay, so I think it in my little world view there are opinionated people who listen to other people, and those are the people whose opinions I really value. Yes. Thank you, Kara. And then there are. Opinion- <laughs> <laughs> I have so many good comebacks, and none of them are coming out in this microphone. <laughs> then there are the we all know the opinionated people who have mufflers on, right? And they don't. And those are the people that make us batty. Mm-hmm. They make us batty, and. The reason I love podcasting with Vanessa is she is 100% in the first camp. And what's incredible is we're actually, we actually both live in that camp and you would think there's a lot, there's not enough space for both of our opinions, but our opinions, we, we have opinions about different things, so they don't clash too much in overlap, but you're a very good listener, opinionated person.
2: Thank you. I'm You're gonna welcome. make a t-shirt out of that. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that often parents of adolescents, even if they are good listeners in other parts of their world, become only opinionated and not good listeners no. when it comes to their kids. Uh, okay. I'm gonna disagree. I have an opinion about that.
3: <laughs> and Let's I'm, hear your I'm opinion, gonna go Cara. I'm desperate to get the word hypotenuse into this. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow <laughs> I'm like, really? It's in my head. Okay.
1: A
2: squared times B squared equals C squared. Uh, yeah. Exactly.
1: I have no idea what that means. Just
2: say, hi- say, high- hypotenuse. <laughs> that is the Pythagorean theorem that go. finds the hypotenuse of a triangle. There you go.
3: Okay, so I'm going to connect these. My life has these
2: changed. Do- <laughs> yeah, right.
3: I'm going to connect these dots and and make it hypotenuse okay. for you of this okay. of this argument. I don't even remember what we we're talking about. Okay, opinionate. You, you were saying that in when your kids are in puberty, in you know, full fledged adolescence. By the way, just a little terminology in this podcast that we use. So puberty is actually the path towards sexual maturation. It's a little shorter than adolescence, which is the the whole emotional journey as well. But puberty takes a really long time now. The average age for girls to go into puberty is between 8 and 9. For boys, 9 and 10, you're in it. Zoe, in your house. Little do you know. Welcome. Anyways. <laughs> Join the um, club, Zoe. Exactly. So, um, so it's not that we... As parents of kids in puberty, it's not that we become more opinionated. It's that it's really hard to see your child go down a path and, as you said, Zoe, try to figure it out for themselves and sort it through for themselves when you know the very clear right answer. It's not even that you want to protect them. You actually know how they should get from A to B to C, hypotenuse, and (laughs) that is Everyone in the world could tell him, everyone in the world could direct him, but he has to go his own way. And that might be A to W to K to B, right? So the opinionated, to me, it's less of an opinion and it's more, you're trying to take all of this knowledge you have from your own world, your own upbringing, your own puberty, your own adolescence, and you're trying to save your kid, maybe the pain, maybe just the trouble, And it comes out wrong every time. And your kids will have a lot to say about it. Mm.
2: But then it's subjective, right? Then there are things that are not about wisdom or lived experience. There are things that are subjective. Like you could have said to your grandkid, oh, calm down, kiddo. It's not a big deal. I was just shouting about my computer. And your grandchild might have felt like, yeah, it is a big deal. And as kids get older and the stakes get higher... Those explosions, those worries, those like, oh, God, what's going to happen to my kid? Oh, my kid's been excluded from X, Y, or Z. My kid didn't make that team. That becomes harder and harder for us to bear because the stakes are higher. And it becomes about listening when we're like, it's all going to be okay in the end. In our minds, we're like, it's going to turn out okay. But in their minds, they are living in a really fraught, difficult time. Well, and also
3: remember when you were in the spot that your grandkids are in and granted there's a 12 year age range, but you know, if you turn the clock back, so puberty has doubled in length since you were going through it. And can I ask you why? Uh, you can,
1: but you don't. But nobody knows. Nobody knows. There's
3: there's a lot of research. Is it worldwide going
1: on. or America?
3: It, it it's really great question. It is worldwide, but more prominent in certain areas. So there are a lot of drivers that are probably food sources, water sources, airborne. It's the things we put into and onto our bodies that are driving it. But what exactly? Which chemicals precisely? No one really and knows.
2: Stressors
3: and stressors life, for sure. Cortisol. Life so cortisol Poverty. levels go up. Yes. Um, safety, but so since you went through puberty, Henry, and I think people always forget that these icons of society, everyone went through, right? Everyone went sure. through. Wait,
2: can I ask a question? Were yeah. you an early bloomer, a late bloomer, or a right up the middle?
1: An early bloomer, meaning
2: you were on the earlier side of boys who hit puberty.
1: And puberty is a, a sexual desire?
2: The, so, I'm sorry. T- physical
3: okay? development. Like, <laughs> huh? he, the, the, the physical development. When you started to notice your body transforming from boy to man.
1: Oh, oh, oh. Were you
3: on the early side? Well, Were you 26.
1: In- <laughs> no. That's why you Nick I don't so well. know. But in the fourth grade, I did uh, try to kiss Susie Rosenbaum.
2: Okay. Under How did that the go, stairs. Henry?
1: It, it, uh, you know what? I was not good at it.
2: Okay. I was not good. Did you ask for her consent? I did. Okay, good. See, that was very progressive, too. He was ahead very of his progressive. Time. very he was ahead, ahead of his time. Yeah.
1: And let me just say, flawed, majorly flawed, but, but I, I, I did ask Susie.
3: Aren't we all? So think about how the world has changed since you were going through what your grandkids are going through. So puberty has doubled in length, right? Computers, like you used to have to plug, unplug the phone from the wall, Mm -hmm. and that cut Zoe off from Mm -hmm. now there is no unplugging Mm -hmm. kids at all. Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, and all of your grandchildren went through a pandemic. And just those three things alone, and we could come up with a list of thirty more, but just those three things alone, their their whole life circumstance is so different. So grandparenting those kids gets complicated because when you reflect on your experience, or Zoe, when you reflect on your experience, was also really different from your kids, then, you know, we can use our own internal history and we can think we know what's going to have a big consequence or not or what's going to turn out okay or not. But at the end of the day, the world has changed so much that it's actually almost hard for us Mm -hmm. to rely upon our own personal history to inform kind of what's going to happen for those kids.
1: I would have to say, uh, just from what you just said, my instinct of thought, my instinctual thought was, I'm still going to go with what my experience is. Yes. Because I'm dyslexic. And a few years ago, a 17 year old girl in high school doing her thesis came to my house with a camera and interviewed me. And she told me stories at 17 in uh early 2000s that were exactly the same mm. when i was 17 or 8 it was as if i was the same person in that area exactly the same
2: so talk us through what are the kind of unchanging aspects of of adolescence or of growing you know what up i find
1: uh, this is one of the things i find Children are very um, precocious now. They are very verbal now. My grandchildren are incredibly clear in their communication. They are never older than their age. Mm. You think, hey, come on, you know better than that. Act your age. Don't be a this. Don't be a that. At four, Gus is... Strong. I gave him a present for Hanukkah. He said, You know, Papa, I didn't ask for this. He <laughs> went, I, I thought it was going to be fun. Maybe you'll want to take it out of the box first. He actually May-
0: called me a couple of days later and was like, Hi, I just wanted to know, did you try the bowling game yet? Gus didn't ask for it, but I thought it'd
1: be fun. <laughs> but I mean, so clear. He wasn't being anything but Gus, but he's still four. He's right. Still the, the chronological
2: age is still the chronological,
1: and age. that is the key.
2: And
3: the maturation of the brain has not changed from generation wow, to generation. There you
1: know, very right? important. So
3: all these trappings on the outside have right. changed,
2: but you're hundred percent right. So Zoe said she's feeling most worried about social media as her kid gets older, going and the, down the
1: rabbit hole, well, as they and say, the,
2: and the knock-on effects. I, I think. Or do you want to change that answer? No,
0: I mean, I'm concerned about that. I think that there's a lot of things right now in our world that are concerning. You know, there was a part of my adolescence and my years where I could make mistakes and I could, I never was into drugs just because I just wasn't. But like, if I were going to try a drug, I didn't have to worry about dying, you know, and in that moment. I mean, I'm not talking about like, obviously like crazy drugs, but You know, I never, there's You're referring
3: to the fentanyl Just all of it. I mean, the
0: stakes are just so high Mm -hmm. right now. And you want to have these conversations with your kids and you want them to be respectful and you want to say the right thing. And you need to have conversations about race. You need to have conversations about how people choose to live their life, what sexual preferences they might have. These are all questions. These are all things that I need
2: to have with my kids now. And those are hard conversations to but have. they need to happen. They need to happen. And you're raising your kids in an intergenerational household, right? Mm-hmm. Your parent. You don't live with your parents, but, we but see your them parents a lot. Yes. are deeply involved. So how do you communicate to your parents about how you are addressing those issues and how you would prefer for them to address those issues? Well, you don't, I mean, you don't know this about Gus, but Gus, it, because you are not,
0: You don't follow me, (laughs) Gus is. But I will
2: when we're done recording. Gus
0: is a unicorn of a child. I I, all three of my kids, and I wanted to say this before when you were talking about, you know, the brains or the all that stuff. You're also raising three children who are raised by the same parents, same same everything, who are so different. Mm -hmm. And so, what I would say to Ace. Or what I would say to Jules, I would never say to Ace because I could say something to Jules where Ace would take it, you know, and it would. So you're raising, you're also then dealing with three completely different human beings. Gus wears dresses. Gus only wants to play with Barbies. And, you know, I have three boys, but two of my my older boys, they are, my house when Gus was born was filled with cars and, you know, superheroes and balls. And I mean, the most, I'm also like, I have a million things in my house. It's crazy. Like, (laughs) I mean, just, you know. And so then comes Gus and Gus is like, I want a Barbie dream house. I want this. I want that. And I remember Rob said to me at the beginning, he was like, you know, I just feel like we should probably maybe like talk to the boys about it because to the outside world, Gus is different. To us, Gus is Gus. And it was really interesting. My parents from day one never batted an eye. They just he comes sometimes to John and Vinny's in a full dress and headband and wand. And sometimes he comes in shorts and a t-shirt.
3: It's funny, Zoe. I've been to, I think probably about a thousand deliveries of babies. They come out and they are who they are. Mm-hmm. And that's the miracle mm-hmm. of babies and delivery and all that. There's no explaining it. What that? It's part temperament. It's part soul. It's but our children are who they are. They are not who we make them. Mm-mm. And you,
1: we're the guides, right? Yes, we're just guides. We, we on this keep earth. them
3: safe yeah. and healthy. But, that but is I want to know. Right. Yeah.
2: Okay. So first of all, let's just acknowledge it's deeply unusual the grandparents just to immediately yeah, and, and be so like I, okay
0: like so we're I guess gonna, that's what I was gonna, gonna say I didn't have to really what, have that conversation with my parents because it just first of all they saw that I was trying to figure it out mm-hmm. by be, the best way I could and Ace has said to me before like can he just pick one accessory when we go out because he has so many accessories like all over him and it's Ace thinks it's developmentally
2: appropriate to have a lot of accessories and right Ace now. is He'll just like, yeah down. Ace He'll is just down. like
0: <laughs> I need him to like Pick one or the other, you know? And I said to Ace, when you are feeling this way, are you worried about you? Mm. Or are you worried about Gus? Mm -hmm. And he said, I'm worried about me. He Mm -hmm. said, I care what people think, Mm -hmm. Gus doesn't. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that is- is the thing
1: for the grandparents. Gus is really, when you say unicorn, he is an individual. He's rough and tumble with his brothers. There is nothing- uh, You you just wouldn't know who he was and you just look at him. But I do worry that he's got a year or two until the outside world says something to him and it registers. That kills me.
0: Well, I asked him, I asked him, what would you say if someone said to you like, "Hmm, dresses are for girls and he would say they're not.
2: I just said, okay. So how do you, you have this worry, you're watching your daughter navigate this yes. in incredible fashion. Yes. And you've got this super special grandkid.
1: Funny, Who smart. you want
2: to protect right. at all costs. Yes. You want to keep his light shining yes. bright. Yes. What do you do? How do you protect him and let him be you want to I'll tell you, you exactly,
1: you, you protect him if God forbid anything should happen that you're there. You have a conversation with him that hopefully he'll understand. Otherwise, you get in the canoe and you paddle on that river.
3: Mm-hmm. Do you have conversations with other grandparents? No,
1: I have not. <laughs> I have not. It's the it's no, the right answer. <laughs> not that not that I went, oh my God, I don't know right. what to do, my grandson. No, I'm wondering in the reverse.
3: You know, sometimes my mom is very involved with my kids' lives. Right. And sometimes she will say to me, oh, my friend said this, and I'm trying to unpack it and figure out how to respond to it. And I'm wondering if any of your, because this whole conversation has been very enlightening for me about how progressive you were for so many years when other people weren't. So this is second nature to you to be open, to just accept people for who they are and love them. And so the question I have is when you're surrounded by people who aren't necessarily thinking that way because they just haven't had the benefit of being that way.
1: It sometimes hurts my heart. Yeah. It sometimes hurts my brain. Mm. And I sometimes worry for the future of the very country that I grew up thinking was one way and might turn around uh and become something completely different yeah. and i think my grandchildren what are they what are they going to experience or am i over analyzing am am i over um thinking it
2: so henry what do you do with the feelings about your grandkids right the worry the desire to protect them the ways in which they're different yes what advice would you give to other grandparents who maybe are at a different starting point than you are about their grandkids' differences? What something, are the tenets or the advice you would Something that
1: you said just before. A child comes out, they come who they are. You know, if you're looking, if you're listening, you know instantaneously, you will see the behavior you just saw In a a, a cheek movement, you'll see it five years from Mm -hmm. now. You be aware we are not making our children us. Mm. We are allowing them to be who they are and guide them. That's what I would say. See who you've got in front of you.
2: And if that's hard- which it is hard for so many grandparents, right? As parents, we bring our baggage to the table. As grandparents, you bring two sets of baggage, your own and your baggage as (laughs) parents. You you bring an SUV worth of baggage. So it's in some ways doubly hard. Some people would say it's easier. Then
1: I would say this. Then ask yourself as a grandparent, what do you want from your relationship With your grandchildren, what is it? What kind of relationship do you want to be stern and build a wall? Or do you want to be observant and have the best time of your life? And Zoe,
3: I want to know for the parents out there who are hoping to either stay deeply connected with the grandparents in their kids' lives or build stronger connections When grandparents show up with three cakes (laughs) and maybe that's a quarter pounder and a quarter (laughs) pounder, and maybe that's not on your ideal nutritional menu, talk us through how, as a parent, you let go of that stuff because clearly, based on this conversation, that's not the important stuff.
0: No, I mean, actually, my dad and I were having this conversation on the way here because my dad is so busy. And so this part of COVID where he's been not speaking and not traveling has been so amazing. But I also, you know, people, I think, think that grandparents should sort of be the ones always like, can I come over? Can I do this? But it's also your job to invite them over for dinner. I invite my parents over for dinner. I invite them and, you know, they don't do things the way that I would do things, but isn't that the beauty of like having grandparents So that when I do go out of town, my kids are so excited to have cake for breakfast. And it makes my life easier. It makes their—I mean, they enjoy it. And I just feel like with Ace, I was so stuck sort of in what I thought the boundaries needed to be, the schedule, Mm -hmm. the this, the that, because I was so anxious. And I—as I actually, for me, one kid was the hardest— The transition to two to three, that was so much easier. I would die to have a fourth, you know, because it's like, then I know they're going to eat, they're going to sleep, they're going to be, you know, all that kind of stuff that I was so concerned about. That's the easy stuff. They say like bigger kids, bigger problems, you know, and at the time I was like, oh "Oh my God, but he's
3: not napping.
0: We say that 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 a lot on this
3: podcast, bigger kids, bigger problems. But when
0: people would say that to me, I would say like, come on. I mean, this kid has been up all night, you know, and you realize like how lucky those problems are
2: are. But you said something so important, and I want to go back to it. As your kids grow, sometimes grandparents need help finding a pathway to your kids. And it can't always be the grandparents seeking out the kids. Sometimes we have to help create, open the door for them. I send
0: my parents an email at the beginning of every weekend on Thursday with the kids' sports schedule. And if they can, not Gus's, but Ace and Jules, because Gus is still four and he goes to ballet. So my parents the other day were call, I called them and they were literally passing by the ballet studio. And I was like, oh my gosh, Gus is doing ballet. Come by. They came by.
3: You know, and every family is going to do it differently. In our family, every Sunday night is grandparent dinner. We're lucky enough to have three grandparents who live within 10 minutes of us.
0: and. My kids have done it for so many we years. We do the same.
3: They don't even ask anymore. Sunday night's not negotiable. Everyone looks forward we do the to same. it, right? We switch so,
0: off because my husband's family also is very close by and amazing as well. So, every, but he's one
3: of five. He's one of children. five.
0: There's 26 of us when we go on so vacation. It's, it's huge. So we don't really combine as much. They really like the other night. I called and my parents were having dinner with my in-laws. I didn't even know they just like went out to Vincenti, right? You know, so, but we switch off every Sunday. Either we do my family, yeah. Rob's family, my family, Rob's family, and my kids love it. And, but it's also on you. Mm-hmm. It's on you as the parent. You teach your children how important this relationship is and how lucky they are to have it. And you invite them. Invite in. them in. I invite I think, them all the time. And I, by the way, I said to my mother-in-law when I had Ace, you don't have to call. Like, just come over because everyone,
2: she would always say like, you know, I'm the mother-in-law. And I was like, it doesn't, we're good. But as kids get older and they enter the teen years, I think it becomes intimidating to grandparents because they worry, oh, they're so busy or they don't want to hang out with me. And facilitating them to connect without you as an intermediary, that becomes kind of the next goal, right? Where you go and you take Ace out to buy his own Hanukkah present. Gus, I'm sure it'll be a longer negotiation and not involve bowling pins, but that inviting them in, creating an opportunity for them to connect because it can be so intimidating. On it, Sunday,
0: both two Sundays in a row, Ace has spent the day at my parents' on his own. And I came by for a second with Gus thinking I would pick him up. And he was like, Can you go? Can you take Gus?
1: But let me just I say. I wanna to be you. here.
0: And they like make ramen together. I don't even know what they do.
1: Ace is literally a chef. No joke. He's got a palate. He knows what he wants. He was hungry. I said, okay. Now he likes my scrambled eggs, makes me feel incredible. <laughs> and, but he found ramen. He found noodles. So we boiled them. We didn't have anything to go. And literally found ingredient by ingredient. He did. And put it in, tasted it. Mm, needs something. Bah, bah, bah. And finally, there it was. This delicious bowl of spaghetti.
2: Because awesome. you let him lead. You yeah. let him find the ingredients Years ago, and the taste.
1: When we were babysitting, he pulled the, you know, the little stool in front of the sink when you're brushing your teeth oh, yeah. for the children. He brought it to the stove. Oh, <laughs> he made me Pancakes. <laughs> I stood there and watched him. Please tell
3: me the front burner was off and you were on the back burner.
1: I'm sure that it was safe because I didn't feel anxious, (laughs) but they were great. He said, I've got this.
3: When you're away and you're doing this remotely for, for grandparents who are not living in the same place, how do you stay
1: connected with them remotely? FaceTime, calling them.
0: He sends postcards from everywhere he goes.
1: Postcards, so they get mail. Oh, tell what
0: you do from every state that you go to. Oh,
1: Jules has a collection of snow globes from every state that I speak in. Ace has a collection of shot glasses (laughs) from every state that we've been in. You know, colored, um, something about that state is on the shot glass. Utah, <laughs> New Jersey. And does he actually- do a shot
2: with you when you hand him the shot glass?
1: He has them up on his shelf. And I am as happy to see that collection as he is. That's adorable. And he arranges them. It says, uh, do not touch. <laughs> Jules shows me the snow globes. Aww. They look forward to it. And I don't have a tradition yet with... um. I think Gus Gus. is
2: going to tell you what the church is going to be.
1: And then it will be that. And then it will be that. So, If you can get it at the airport.
2: (laughs) At Hudson News. Yes. We like to wrap up with, normally we call it a a practical puberty takeaway. But I think for today's episode, we're going to rebrand that and it's going to be practical grandparenting takeaway, because this is a very special episode with some very special messages. So I'm going to start. I'm going to give Zoe, you and Henry time to think about what your takeaway is. My takeaway is to create rituals with your grandchildren that allow you to have connection with them no matter where you are in the world and no matter who they are and how old they are to find points of connection. Yes, And to continue that, to be reliable and steadfast in those points of connection. That's a great one.
3: Okay, I'm going to go next. Mine is to invite them in. That was beautiful the way you described it, Zoe. And I think every parent needs some reminding sometimes.
1: Okay, uh, mine is listening, Mm. listening, not judging, and um, being amazed by what you hear.
0: Mine is just to be so thankful and not get caught up in the little parts of everything and just be so thankful that my kids have grandparents and that, you know, they can have cake for breakfast every day <laughs> and quarter pounders.
1: <laughs> Once in a while. Yeah.
0: Chicken nuggets, that's probably cat, but yes, it's fine. Oh, <laughs> <God>! <laughs>
2: Thank you both so much. Thank this you. was so beautiful <laughs> Truly. and such a privilege. What a
1: pleasure it was to sit at this table. Thank, Thank you. I feel it too. Thank,
2: Thank you guys. We absolutely love hearing your feedback and getting all your questions. So anytime you want to be in touch, email us at podcast at gmail.com. If you're looking for great puberty products, like the Oom Shorts or the Oom Socks or the Oom Bra, you get the theme there, go to myoomla.com. If you want more content, you love what we do on the Puberty Podcast and you want to have us come speak or learn more about our book or subscribe to our amazing newsletter, The Awkward Roller Coaster, go to orderofmagnitude.co. Remember, it's .co because we don't have enough money to buy .com.